Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into a late, what is this, Wednesday night, early Thursday morning edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Judd and A.J. Fredrickson with you. Four to two, the Wild goes into Colorado. Uh, If Colorado wins that game, they come out of that one in first place in the Central. But the Wild instead cements, solidifies its lead. They now have, what, 97 points. Uh, The Avalanche, 94. Of course, they are the defending Stanley Cup champions. And the Dallas Stars, 94. AJ, good evening to you. Um, You know what? That was damn impressive. And let's start with the continued brilliance of Philip Gustafson, man. What more can we say about this guy? I mean, that performance tonight... Uh, especially in the third period, was absolutely stand-on-your-head incredible. Judd, I'm going to say it right now. I know uh, I know people are probably still going to flip the coin either direction, but if game one is tomorrow night, I well, not, not tomorrow night, I'm going to give him a day off, but two days from now, game one of the playoffs, I'm giving the nod to Philip Gustafson. He's been consistently good against some of the best teams in the league. He just stopped 40... 40 41 shots against uh the avalanche reigning stanley cup champions one of these uh goals that he allowed was a breakaway to bone byram he played lights out uh, a few days back against the boston bruins the odds on favorite to win the stanley cup he's been consistently good putting up great numbers he's so sound in net um and you mentioned this during the game on twitter the way that he is um he's the perfect backboard for this team because nothing that is thrown his way ends up right in front of him. It's Mm -hmm. deflected to the corner. He kicks it out and it's back high uh, up in the zone. He is such a good backstop for this team right now. He's in such a zone that it's almost hard to not feel just like 
the wild have a very good chance to compete and win every single game that he's in net for. So um, right now I think he gets the nod for me personally over Mark Andre Fleury. 42 saves, uh, including um, 18 in the third period when the Wild was outshot 19 to four. Um, so between the second and third period, I tweeted this. And I, I think the third, I think uh, uh, age, the third period's worth a discussion in and of itself. Uh, but what I tweeted between the second and third period was for 40 minutes, that was about as well as the as you can play i think in that building against a good team on the road and i know you know there were a ton of uh wild fans in ball arena you, you could hear them that's awesome but i mean just as far as going and playing a pretty damn potent team especially that first line i mean mckinnon who was held in check for really most of the game um but I thought that the first two periods were as textbook a, as you could possibly get with the wild combining uh, the one thing they didn't have last year. Okay. What they did to me in the first two periods was they combined um, the speed to keep up with the abs. Now, are they as quick overall as the abs? I don't know, but they combined their speed, but they also used their toughness. And I don't mean being goons, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, how about the four check? How about in front of the net? The, the TNT crew talked about that. Guys going to the net. Guys willing to pay the price. And as Aaron Berg says here, and he's exactly right, I wrote this in my notes during the first period. This felt like a playoff game. Like this mm -hmm. had, to me, at least through the TV, not being there, this had the intensity of a playoff game. And I absolutely, through two periods, loved how the Wild approached it. Because it was a combination of um, the Avalanche's skill didn't daunt them, didn't prove daunting, but I thought the physicality and the willingness to pay the price in the Avalanche zone and really all over the ice gave you a feeling of this isn't just a playoff game, but like this is a playoff style that is sustainable from yeah, the Wilds' you, perspective. Yes, yes, and you got that that feeling of that playoff atmosphere in the first five minutes or so. Um, they mentioned on the broadcast, you know, I flipped it on, I'm sitting down and immediately it's um i hear you know he's really physical really physical game thus far and i look up and there's only been a minute and 30 seconds that have elapsed but it was spot on uh the pace of the game was remarkable um i was a little nervous to see how the wild could maybe match that for how long and if they even could keep that style play up and like you said i think through two periods this team played about as good as any team can going into ball arena to take on that avalanche team um you're spot on with the physical play. It wasn't uh, what we've seen against some other teams that the wild have taken on, you know, in the past few weeks where it's like, you're just unnecessary hits. They're throwing the body. They're being aggressive on the four check. Nobody's shying away from a hit. You know, if, if you commit to something, they're finishing their checks and that's exactly what you need. Um, and then they weren't backing down from challenges. Uh, they have the size advantage, I think, on a lot of the defensemen. Camel Carr, uh, Bowen Byram, fantastic, skilled defensemen, great skaters, great puck handlers. But simply, they're just not as well-sized as a Jake Middleton or you know Ryan Reeves dri driving in the zone. He's simply stronger on his skates than those other guys um, using the weight to drive around. He had some uh, – Ryan Harmanson had a very nice night as well, but – uh, yeah, the Wild, they matched the Avs uh, pace for two periods, and that's what I wanted. It dropped off in the third, and I, I that concerns me a bit with their style of play. And 
maybe that's something that will be addressed prior to the postseason. But uh, but no, two periods of I think about as good of hockey as they could have played. I talked about the shots um, to your point about the third period, and the shots in the third period were uh, incredibly one-sided, nineteen to four in favor of the Abs. And yeah, the third period's a different story. So I think in a playoff game, I understand that you're up by a couple goals, okay? And I understand that you that you want to protect that lead, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. But I thought the Wild got too much away from what the style had been in the first two periods because of this age. I don't think they had been irresponsible. Like, it's not like they were playing a high-flying, oh, man, you're crazy, this is nuts hockey game. I thought they were playing – I thought the first two periods, the first 40 minutes were incredibly um, well played. I thought that they did a good job. I think the cautionary tale of the third and why it got dicey there and and um, the abs certainly got some help when that Spurgeon call was made because that was a terrible call. Talk, talk about that in a second because I've got a thought on that. But anyway mm-hmm. – um, I did think the third period, I don't want to say it was disturbing because this is a nice win and and they yes. did play really well. So it wasn't disturbing, but I do think when you go back and look at the tape, that can't be your approach. Like your approach can't be, we are going into a uh, too high shell, Ed Donatel, uh, we're not going to get beat over the top. You know, it's got to be still, I think you've got you've to maintain your identity. It can't be like, we're going to stop the abs your identity is no, we're going to go head to head and we're not. And I love the fact that they didn't necessarily play like the abs game. It wasn't like they, they came out and said, we're going to outpace you and outskate you. Mm-hmm. What they basically said is your pace doesn't scare us. And we are going to be physical. We are going to be on, on you. And if I didn't like the third conversely age, and this is just the start of, of this. And you know, if these teams, if what we saw tonight is a uh, playoff preview, it could be great fun. But the one thing that I really like tonight is, and he still had a good game, but Nathan McKinnon, it felt like they were all over him. Yeah. And I think the only way to beat the Avs, because that first line, now, now Miko Rantanen had some great chances, and Gus stopped him a few times. I think he, he did hit a post or two. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that line is the line. Like, if, if you're going to lose to Colorado in the playoffs, it's largely going to be because of that line. Um, and I did sense that, and I did not see, I might be wrong here. I tried to watch it. I didn't see a particular matchup for uh, McKinnon. It appeared that the Wild was very comfortable rolling its lines for the most part. That being said, though, it did feel like they were in McKinnon's face a lot. And that's going to be what you have to do. But I like the fact that they're already setting that tone. Because when you play these teams, you know, you have to be, in my opinion, the one frustrating them, not vice versa it can't always be like well they were in Kaprizov's face and they were in you know last year Fiala's face and that no it's your job to come back at their top players and do the same exact thing and frustrate them as Chris says love frustrating their superstars that's a thousand percent right and I sort of sense the seed has been planted Mm -hmm. for at least for at least the start of that you know to hell with this we don't we, we respect what you can do to us Nathan McKinnon but because of that we are going to be all over you and I sort of sensed the start of that and I loved it yeah no um and he he does what Kirill does for a lot of wild fans I mean I I'm I'm sure like most people I don't watch every single avalanche game like I do with the wild but you know Nathan McKinnon is a guy that 
has, he's won the heart trophy. He's been this prolific point scorer now for uh, the past few years. I mean, he even terrorized the wild that first playoff season uh, <laughs> I want to say it was 2012, I believe when he uh, came up maybe 2013, 14. Um, but he has been this guy that, you step on the ice and he immediately brings an impact. He's, he's been what Matt Boldy has been doing like this past month of March where he's creating something every time he's on the ice. The wild did such a good job of recognizing. All right, he's on the ice. We have to, you're suffocating him. You're suffocating his play. You're, you're st- shutting down anything before it's able to, like he's not able to even get a spark going. So there's no chance of that fire to blossom and burn brighter. Um, they did a great job of just containing him as much as they can. And that's the thing. You can't stop him. It's you have to contain him. And they did a fantastic job tonight uh, for uh, for 60 whole minutes. Yep. Um, and, and just to update the uh, uh, standings as well, as we talked about off the top of the show, the Wilds in first place now in the Central Division with 97 points, three ahead of Dallas, three ahead of Colorado. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are the right now the, the number one seed in the Western Conference in the Pacific Division, 98 points. The Kings have n- 96. In, in other words, the uh, the Wild, who has now played 75 games, uh, is only one point behind possibly clinching the top seed. That top seed will play at Wild Card 2. Right now, that would be the struggling Winnipeg Jets. There is a chance that they could be caught, however, by Calgary or Nashville. Uh, Seattle three points up on the Jets. They are in first place, uh, or I'm sorry, they're in the first wild card position. So the division winner that's not the top seed will get that team. Um, let's continue to go down the guys that impressed us tonight. Um, yep. Dean's son, Frederick Rougeau. Uh, I've <laughs> joked about it before, but two shorties tonight. The breakaway, which was which was a block by uh, off of a block. Of a McKinnon shot by Brodeen. Brodeen, by the way, again magnificent. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, um, funny. The TNT crew, I think it was Kenny Albert, said, you know, Brodeen's had a nice game or a really good game. It's like, no, that's just his game. He's mm-hmm. always that good. Um, but um, certainly, that was a nice play then by Goudreau, who beat Makar, basically turned him around a little bit, and that's yeah. a hell of a play. Mm-hmm. So he gets a breakaway shorthanded goal. And then, of course, uh, comes back to ice the game with Spurgeon in the box, a um, a length of the ice shot, short-handed as well. Uh, Goudreau was great. The other guy I thought was great tonight, Sam Steele. Um, it is amazing when he only plays every once in a while, and I don't think it's necessarily because he's fresh. I think it's because he plays his ass off then. I feel like the more Sammy Steele plays, the more he's like, well, I belong here, so I'm still going to play hard, but not as hard. But he had a game. Was it the game in Calgary where somebody got hurt and he played? This is about a month ago. He hadn't that played it forever. That right. And he did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just played a lights out, 60 minutes, you know, bang, bang, bang type of game. Tonight, the same exact thing. And, I mean, they had guys Goudreau and Steele, um, Hartman, to your point, who just played, I thought, just fantastic, complete games. And and they get, you know, rewarded with chances. Hartman hit a post. So there's certainly opportunities that come up. But, AJ, I'm convinced those opportunities come up because these guys worked their asses off. That steel goal, the backhand goal, is a thing of beauty. Yeah. But that's also why, because he worked his ass off to create that shot. And so I thought that there were a lot of guys tonight who absolutely came out there and played fantastic 
Now the question is, can you do that for an entire playoff series and or entire playoff run? But if you can, um, I hate to get too roped in here, but it's hard not to be at least a little bit excited about the potential. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I, I I'm going to get to that here in a second, but um, oh. the one, the one guy who I want to just talk about really, really quick. And it's, t- it's weird because you just brought up Sam Steele and like it, it, this, it's two different guys. Cause this guy's in the lineup every night and you know what he brings, but he just continues every night just impresses me. And in honest, I think the NHL does a disservice with the Norris trophy award. I think, you know where I'm going now, just because it's, it's become a, what defenseman has the most points. We're going to give yeah. it to them. It's They're not constant. the best defenseman, mm-hmm. but if it was, he's going to be up there every single time. Jonas Brodeen. Oh yeah. He had like five blocks in the first seven minutes of the game. He's his stick is so active. There was a point um, late in the third. He is single-handedly fighting off three Colorado avalanche players and killed about 45 seconds just in the corner alone takes a cross check from behind, which grant it could have been, it couldn't have been, uh, you know, whatever. Um, pl- plenty of the move. So I understand why they probably just let it go, but just possessed. He is so good defensively. He's such a rock for this team. We know what we missed when he was out injured. Now that he's back, I need him healthy because he is just so good back there. So reliable. He doesn't miss a beat. He's he he's a robot that's programmed to play defense and just throw great outlet passes up the ice. It's it's remarkable every time he's on the ice. I'm telling you, he is, and I have uh, I've gotten a little bit of pushback on this tweet and statement, but I will continue to say it. He is the best NHL North Stars or Wild defenseman I've ever seen. Craig Hartsburg on the North Stars was good, but he battled injury problems and he didn't stay healthy. Jonas Brodeen, the best way I can describe it is this. The more that you watch him, he plays minimum a position and a half. Watch how he covers for Dumba or Mm -hmm. anybody else. And I'm not even saying Dumba's playing bad now because he's not playing bad now. But to your point, you know, he is hit. And and where we sell him short is he makes it look effortless. So we just take it for granted. Like we don't ever to, you know, three guys. Right. But you got to really be watching that to be like, oh, my God, he just fought off three guys. You're just like, well, yeah, that's Brodeen. He mm-hmm. is the best defenseman I have ever seen on NHL ice for the home team in this state. And I don't think, and look, Spurgeon's good too, okay? Spurgeon's mm-hmm. really good, but he's not as good. What Brodeen does is ridiculous. Absolutely. So you are a thousand percent right. And I got your problem solved. Thank I got you. your problem solved. I was thinking about this today, the Norris Trophy, okay? Because Eric Carlson's going to um probably push or get to 100 points he plays for a non-playoff team in san jose but he's probably going to win the award we need to create the bobby Orr award for the best offensive defenseman in a given season that would be eric carlson Mm -hmm. the norris trophy should go to the best defensive defenseman because it's ridiculous the the norris trophy should be in the pantheon of national hockey league awards what the selkie trophy is the Selkie Trophy goes to the best forward. Yeah. So, or I'm, I'm sorry, the best defensive, the you know, the Patrice yeah. Bergeron type of forward. And by and you know what? Patrice Bergeron is probably a very good comp as a forward to what Brodeen is as a defenseman, which is incredible, and you take it for granted. But um, I think you're right. And and I think that if you if you had the Norris Trophy go awarded to the best defenseman, uh, pure defenseman, Brodeen 
would be a candidate every single season. Not saying he'd win it, but he would be a candidate every single season. I also saw um, a comment here on the side that I agree with. Said, don't forget to talk about the game of JoJo. Marcus Johansson again. Part of what I saw tonight from him, especially in the first period, I thought, AJ, but is his acquisition again just continues to be incredible because this is a guy that when, you know, I thought, oh, his first time here, okay, he was okay at best. Um, But did you see the speed and what he could do? Like, Like the Wild is probably just man for man. The Wild probably does not have the speed Colorado does. But Marcus Johansson has such good speed and he is such a pure skater that he sort of offsets it. So like, like if you're out there and you're, and you're like, okay, the wild has X amount of forwards that can sort of slow the abs down and can forecheck and can check really well, which they do. But Johansson's got so much speed. Dude's got speed to burn mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, he brings so much against a team like this because he's got that skill. And how about the pass that he made? So so it was right before um it was right before the bow by uh Byram goal. The pass that Johansson made on the shot, I think it was a Zuccarello shot, if I'm not mistaken, that yeah. got blocked. And that's the one that got turned towards Byram, who got the breakaway and scored to uh tie the score at the time at one one. But that pass, so Johansson didn't have an angle to shoot, but he was basically right in front of the goal. And he made a backhanded pass that I think in tonight's game was only rivaled by the backhanded between the legs pass Erickson Eck made to Johansson um, or on the, the first goal. Yeah, to Johansson. But his game in the first period was, I thought, absolutely phenomenal. Johansson's game. And I thought overall, I mean, he is in, in a playoff series against these guys, health provided. He's going to be absolutely pivotal because what his speed does is it's at least somewhat of an equalizer. Yeah. And Mike here says exactly what I was thinking while you were talking there. I, this, I, I've, I don't remember him being this fast the last time around with the wild. It's uh, it, it's a different player. Maybe like he he's somehow found another level and maybe it's that he's, uh, been given a certain role that he's able to do more within. And maybe it's that he's playing on a line with Matthew Boldy and those two have been uh, so good and now have that connection to where uh, we're talking about how with Kirill's absence, they've become that new dynamic duo for the wild and just pr- uh, producing on a nightly basis. But yeah, his skating is just so well. It's you, you blink and he's blue line to blue line. It's incredible. And it, yeah. I will say it as much as I love the Kirill around the world, I love when Johansson does it. He doesn't do it quite as well, but he, uh, <laughs> he doesn't it, edge as well. No, he but, skates uh, as yeah. Cause Kirk Kirill's got that weird phone booth thing. Like his, his edging is incredible. Mm-hmm. Johansson doesn't have that, but he's got the speed. So he does the around the world thing. Well, but he can't cut on the dime. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the, the passing was great. Um, just his vision surprises me at times. Cause I just, I forget that he has that in his in his bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, his shot is, you know, I think average to above average at times, but his passing has really, really surprised me and really impressed me because there's times where I'm like, all right, you're not going, oh my God, you actually made that pass. Like, I, I appreciate you trying it. It's better that you completed it because you see that with a lot of guys, the confidence of, 
I could sneak it through there. And then they actually do it. Whereas yeah. when they don't, you're like, why, why you're not that guy. You're not that player. He's able to be that player and he's able to thread the needle and find a guy across or if he, you know, eyes in the back of the head type of thing. So um, he, his play has really impressed me. I mean, it, there, there was only one thing in the first two periods and maybe this is on your notes. Maybe it's not um, that I had as a negative. And that was why wasn't Matthew Boldy shooting the puck a couple more times in the first two periods? Cause I think he had a couple opportunities where I said, why are, why are you looking to he pass passed, there? He, he tried to sauce a backhand pass to Eric's neck that he should have shot mm-hmm. and it sauced and he got it. Uh, and, and, it wouldn't settle down and Eck took a whack at the puck, but he missed it. Um, and I think the TNT crew brought that up as well. Yes. And that is something that look, I, I mean, it's very clear and I know Boldy took shots previously. Okay. I know his statistics say he took shots, but there's a difference between you just being credited with shots, knowing where those shots are coming from. Um, I thought it was interesting that Dean Everson told the TNT crew that they basically do cut-ups of Ovechkin, who who Dean was an assistant coach in Washington um, years ago with Ovechkin, and they do cut-ups and show boldy Ovechkin clips. And they're like, look at what he does. Shoots the puck, right? Yeah. I don't disagree with you there. Uh, Matthew Boldy cannot get away from shooting, and I would far rather that they have to have a come-to-Jesus discussion of him dialing that back which they won't. But my point is I'm with you in the playoffs. You need to shoot. And that's the thing is with all of the traffic created now, when in doubt shoot, because guys are, I mean, the wild did a marvelous job of, especially in the first two periods again, of going to that net. So there's no harm in shooting. You don't need to score. Like what the, what this whole caprice of absence has done, I think is proven. You don't need to score pretty goals. You don't no. need to be looking for the pretty goals. You know what? If Kirill scores them. Awesome. But Kirill's the Kirill is the best player. You, he's your best player. Everybody else, do what you did tonight. Go to the net, create rebounds, create traffic. The puck goes off a guy's breezers or a skate, and guess what? If it goes in, it counts. I do. I do see AJ that we are getting a bunch of questions about Kaprizov's return. Uh, the reports are that came out yesterday, or I should say this morning, that Kaprizov is going to skate this week, and they hope to get him back in the final week of the regular season. Uh, Ryan Reeves left the game a couple nights ago against Seattle in the third period. He did not play tonight. Um, it sounds like, um, Brandon Duhame was sick, non COVID tonight. So he didn't play Goligoski then bumped up and played on the fourth line. I don't know what his ice time was. I felt, it felt like I saw him a little bit more in the first two periods, not as much in the third. Um, but it sounds like I would guess. Duhame's going to be back uh, probably Saturday. I think they play the Golden Knights, correct? Which will be a hell of a yeah. game now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reeves, I don't know, uh, but that one will probably. I would guess that he. I would guess that Reeves, being Reeves, unless he's really hurt, won't be out for too long. Um, let's talk about the Spurgeon penalty call at the end. <laughs> yes. Less than a minute left. Completely butchered call. Okay. And by the way, I am not on Team Dean. Every penalty you can't be disgusted about every single time. And now the cameras, he's got to be more, he's got to be careful in the playoffs because every time the wild is called for a penalty. Now the cameras go to Dean and he looks like, like pardon my French, somebody just peed in his cornflakes. It's like, dude, you can't be that like officials see that you've got a, you've got it at times. If you're mad at your player, go talk to the player, but 
his whole thing of just looking disgusted by every call. But the Spurgeon call was brutal. It hit the puck, clearly hit the boards. Now, it's a non-reviewable play. Yeah. And I'm not in favor of a lot of more replay, but that's one where I would say could should definitely be challengeable. But the other thing, and you brought this up off, I forget what you talked about off the last national telecast. Oh, I think it was I think it was ESPN's lack of a shot clock. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Which is a good point. Like they should just put like the shot counter, goal. like shots yes. on goal counter. Yes, the shots on goal counter. E- ESPN. Somebody must have decided. Oh, we all uh, those don't tell the story of the game, but still, like just no. put them on the thing. <laughs> um, but just briefly, this. So Brad Meyer is a former former official. I don't know if Koharski has left TNT or what, and he he's guilt, guilty of the same thing. But I guess Brad Meyer, a former. NHL official made his debut, it sounded like, on TNT tonight as the rules expert. If you are going to make excuses for the officials, just get rid of the rules guy. <laughs> like, he's like, well, the linesman's <laughs> blocked out there, and that's a tough one to see. Dude, no, you're there to say he butchered the call. Yes. Like, every time they would ask Brad Meyer, he's like, you know, me, like, here's your job, official expert. Break down the play and then tell me why it's good or bad. Don't defend your buddies, okay? The Erickson Eck interference call where he had his back turned, and I think it was Cagliano ran into him, and they called mm-hmm. interference on Eck. Let me see here. I, I, got, I took a ton of notes. I might as well look at my notes. Um, it, was in the, it was in the first period, okay? And that yep. created the four-on-four. Four. But anyway... I don't even know, like, that seemed like a questionable call, but I'm not even saying it was a terrible call. But break it down more. Give me the, give me the, give me what you've been told about that call. Not, well, that's a tough situation, you know? So just a quick rant. <laughs> Brad Meyer, either do your job or, you know, your job is you weren't hired to defend your buddies. If you want to go drink beers with your friends and get, do something else, don't take the easy cash from TNT and don't like, oh, that's a tough one. He didn't see that. No, the Spurgeon thing was completely blown, and that's a big deal. And if that happens in a playoff game, it's a huge deal. That was a potential game-tying goal there. So that just drives me crazy. People are going to make mistakes. I get that. That's a bad mistake. But, I, you know, the of all the things that – and I know everyone loves now, the rules official. If you're not going to rip the calls sometimes, just don't don't have the guy there. Just don't just get rid of him. And you can, I mean, Ed Olchek can tell me it's a lousy call. Keith Jones can tell me it's a lousy call. I don't need Brad Meyer there to try and kiss ass with his officiating friends when I'm staying up till midnight to watch a really good hockey game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. 
Yeah, no, and, and, and a the, well, I'm I'm gonna continue it here for a second because on the broadcast, you could see in the bottom right hand corner the linesman. He's standing right up at the blue line. He's got the perfect view. In baseball, who do you want making the call? The umpire that's got three fielders in front of him or the guy who's right on the line? I can see fair foul. I want the guy who's right on the boards. Hey, I saw that hit off that the, the half right. wall, the dasher. It went up and out of play because it deflected off of that. Not the guy who's in the corner. He's, you know, he can't really see it. Oh, I can't really hear it. The place is rocking with a minute left to go. Wow, believe it or not. Yeah, you didn't hear. You didn't hear it go off the boards. I want the guy who saw it with his own two eyes. How do you not converse? Because that's why there was a, a slight hesitation before making the call. Um, even even the, the broadcast crew had no idea what was going on. It was like, that. I think that went off something. Uh, we have an indication that it was deflected, but initial calls delay a game. Go over and talk to him. You, talk, you clearly can converse because that's what you did with the uh, too many men call, which... I honestly was surprised it didn't go uh didn't go the avalanche. I was way. too, but I like but but you're right. I love the conversation there. Yeah. Like at least if at least if that call was wrong, they mm-hmm. all got together to discuss it. And you're right on in that call. You're telling me none of the three officials saw that puck. I don't care who's supposed to make the call. I'm with you. Just get Take, it right. You just proved me five minutes ago that you can yeah. in fact have a quick meeting and make the call. Why not do it five minutes later when the game is even more on the line? It do, it doesn't it didn't make any sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me. Um, now we can end the rant. Okay. Well, I just I, I I'm so tired of uh, of, <laughs> of of officiating experts on TV basically trying to carry the water for their friends. Um, I'm looking through the post game stuff here to see if there's anything um, coming out of the of, of the post game. Uh, Joe Smith, the athletic tweets a quote from Ryan Hartman. There were a hell of a lot of wild fans out there tonight. You know what? There are a lot of uh, transplants in Denver and Phoenix, and that helps a lot. But um, yeah, I mean, this team is, I got to be honest, I have struggled with this team all year. I've struggled because there were times when I'm like, this isn't really a playoff team. And then I'm like, well, they are, but they don't play hard enough. And the reality is this, age. Right now, in their last 21 games, they are 16-1-4. They're in first place, and I know the playoffs change things, okay? And I know it's a reset, and and I have to be very, very careful here. I'm not trying to be a downer, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But that being said, again, okay, the third period, I'd like them to be a little bit more aggressive tonight, but it's still a hell of a game. and. The, the more I'm seeing now, and, you know, it's 21 games, is what they're doing looks sustainable. Like, there is a price to pay there. Okay. Um, no question about it. Like, it's a tough style. Like, they're playing a tough style. And and as much as it was fun to try them or to watch them uh, skate with, with the abs at times, there's no question that they were also trying to, uh, to, to definitely play a, a heavier game, which I appreciated. Um but the more I watch this man, I, you know, if this is the identity that they're going to take, if this is what they're going to do, it's really hard to find a ton of flaws here. Um, I think there might have to be some tweaks here and there. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to. The third defensive pairing, for instance. So I'm yeah. talking about tweaks. Way I'm, t- I'm not talking about high up tweaks, um, you know, 
Kirill comes back. He immediately gets plugged back on his line. That's awesome. Um, I would like to see more from Zuccarello. We've talked about that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. There, there are there, He tends to disappear now too much for my taste, uh, but he still plays hard, I think. But, um, you know, the Klingberg experience scares me at times. How about that one at the end of the second period? He, I, I, I immediately thought of you because you're like, oh, it's an adventure with him. Well, it was an adventure. He went on an adventure. You drifted all the way to the outside, and all of a sudden, went, what's he doing? And 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 like he is, he sees them changing, and so like he is an instrumental. Like you are the last. You are literally, no pun intended, the last line of defense, right? Yeah. And and like you said, and TNT, which I think does a great job, like explaining things, shows him just sort of drifting off to the left and. Now there's nobody in the middle of the ice and it turns into a breakaway and Gustafson saves your bacon, not once, but twice. Um, But there's just a lot in your own zone. I I don't know if you can get away with him playing all the time in the playoffs. If that makes sense, especially when your depth chart, like that's the interesting thing, your depth chart, uh, as far as your third defenseman is going to include Johnny Merrill, who's been scratched more now lately. um, Johnny Klingberg, John Klingberg, um, Kalen Addison, Brock Faber, who maybe will deserve to play. So, like, there are some questions here. But I guess my overall takeaway is a game like tonight does nothing to dissuade me from thinking that there is, knocking on wood, possibility for this team to win a first-round playoff series at least. I mentioned this. Tell uh, me I'm wrong. I don't want to. I <laughs> No, but, I mean, give me some. give me some facts that say – like, you know, unless the goaltending goes in the tank, which it doesn't look like it's going to do. No, no, it, it, it doesn't. I, I was talking uh, with Jason Stormer, Artist Woods yesterday on the Score North Taxi Show or Taxi Squad podcast. And I was t- kind of saying, like, for the entirety of this season, last year to this year, I had that feeling last year. You know, you get that, that special aura. You turn on the game, you're like, I'm confident in the team. And it was like kind of that storybook. You get that movie feeling of like, this could be it. They're going to, they're built. Uh, they made the trade at the deadline. They got flurry. They got all this stuff going in their favor. Momentum's at their back and all that stuff. I'm not feeling it this year. As this stretch, this, this 20 or so game stretch that you just mentioned, I'm getting that. And I'm going to keep it PG because I know this is a family show, but I'm getting that tingle. I'm getting yeah. that that tingle yeah. deep down inside of like, th- could they make a run here? Well, the deadline moves changed a lot of things oh, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. Because JoJo, JoJo flying all over the place. And and I've seen, I've seen rumblings about could this guy be scratched? I don't see it. I'm telling you, he doesn't stand out, but Sunquist. I think brings something, man. I think he brings what I think he brings, you know, nobody ever asked Jordan Greenway to be a superstar. What they said is show up every night. Sunquist has playoff experience. He's got what a cup or two. He's got a cup. Uh, he, cause he won one with the blues and he just, he brings it every night. And that's, you know, that's what we saw tonight for the most part, they yeah. brought it. And, and, and that's the most important thing in playoff hockey. Yes, you got to score some goals. Yes, you know, Caprisa will have to score, uh, or or to your point, Boldy will have to score, and you can only score if you shoot. All that's true. But you got to bring it every night. And those deadline deals picked up a lot of guys that are willing to bring it. And I think that is that's the most important thing. Um, oh, and by the way, uh 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 um on the TNT studio show between the sec- between the second and third period, Henrik 
Lundquist said what I've been what I started what I started to say two days ago. They're going to play both goaltenders. They're not going to choose one. No. Like I think you're probably like with the way that he played tonight. If you play Colorado, yes, um, Gustafson will start, and he might play the first two games. I don't know. They're going to play both guys though. They're going to play both guys because it works. Yeah, it it does. You're you're the, absolutely right there. And those two guys are polar opposites. They will frustrate teams because if you have a scouting report for for uh, Gustafson, here's what you're going to do when Flurry plays. <laughs> you're going to tear that scouting report up because nothing in it is going to apply. Everything is going to change. And so between those two things, yeah. Great game. Oh, and by the way, before we go, so <clears throat> if you are looking to lose weight, let's say that you looked in the mirror and you said to yourself, you know what? Winter has taken its toll. And God knows it. winter takes its toll on all of us. Have I got the first star of the game? That's right. The first, second, and third star of weight loss. My friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. In fact, right now, if you join, first eight weeks are going to be for free. You talk about the first star. Eight weeks for free. And this program is going to help you get on track not only drop the weight, but also keep the weight off. And that's the most important thing. If I can do it, you can do it. 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Final thoughts, AJ? Like I said, I'm, I'm getting a special feeling. Um, I don't know if it's uh, surmounting into true emotional distress or if it's, you know, full-on belief quite yet. But uh, maybe by the next time that we talk, I will have a little bit better mindset on what we do. I'm excited for the next uh the next two games, what are they at? Vegas back to back, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's and, gonna, that's gonna and be as two I, statement games. And as I said, as I said, they are now a point out of the top seed. You're a point out of the top seed. You're a, you are you've got there is now potential. There is potential that the wild will get the second wild card. I'm not saying that's a cakewalk, but I am saying you're avoiding your at that point in time. You're avoiding Dallas. You're avoiding Colorado. Mm-hmm. And and here's the so I still, as good as Jake Ottinger can be, AJ, I don't fear Dallas. Like Colorado would be tough. I'm not going to lie there. Yeah. Um, now, you beat them tonight. Good for you. That's awesome. Uh, Dallas would be tough. I don't fear them. But imagine this potential scenario. And, of course, you're going to have to do, if you're the Wild, you're going to have to pull your weight here. But imagine – that Dallas plays Colorado and they spend six games, seven games beating the crap out of each other. And let's say you got Winnipeg. Now you'd have to work to beat them. I'm not saying that you don't. And if Connor Hellenbach gets hot, it's tough, but they're an underachieving group of losers right now. Um, Wouldn't you love to get the winner of that first round series? Potentially. I'm getting way ahead of myself here between Dallas and Colorado with with you know with with the winner being beat up i'd love to get colorado beat up i think that's the biggest thing is that it, i i've even last year i feel like if this if this team can just get past that first round which has been it's been the the great wall for them they just can't climb over it you get these teams that are battered and you get these teams that are worn down and i i think based on the moves that bill garen has made what what was the thing that really just disrupted the the fan base that Anson Carter said on one of the broadcasts last year? This team didn't have depth, and everybody yeah. oh yeah blah, blah, blah. you know what they have? They have depth this year. We are talking about 
they're going to have two, three, four excess forwards that are regular players come playoff time. And, and if everyone's healthy, that's the key there, but they have the depth to be a team that if you can get past that first round, Oh oh boy, they are going to have some momentum at their back and they are going to be gritty. And it's just going to be line after line after line guys going into the corners, being gritty, playing the game. Like you said, that they played tonight. They didn't adjust to Colorado. They, they went out there and they had their own identity. And that was the big thing tonight for the win. Absolutely. Uh, Tulu says here, I believe once Kirill comes back, they will be unstoppable. Um, on that, they potentially will be if they don't watch Kirill. I think the one thing that we have seen with him out is there were a lot of guys, or I shouldn't say a lot, that's not fair. There were a few guys, and there was a tendency to watch him play. Don't watch him play anymore. Your job is to play the game yourself. That's our job. They- that's yeah, our job is to watch and marvel at mm-hmm. 97. But if you wear a wild sweater, your job is to not rely on him. It's not to watch him. In fact, I don't even want you to watch the shifts. What I want you to do is do your job. Think about how the level has changed with him out. Think about how how things have shifted with guys are, are like, oh, oh, now he's gone. We have to pull our, our weight. And the marvelous thing is everyone is sort of pulling their weight for the most part in the way that they should. So like nobody was like, well, I, I get to replace Kirill. Everybody said, no, we just have to work more. So I agree with Tulu's comment as long as they don't fall into the trap of watching Kirill Caprice out play. All right. We have said in- enough for all of you who tuned in late. Much appreciated. Um, it's been fun. Hopefully it will continue to be fun. Judd's Hockey Show will be turning these out with either AJ or Jesse Pierce or Declan Goff uh, quite a bit. And in fact, who knows, we might be all on at the same time at some point soon. We will talk to you soon. Appreciate you watching. Have a great night. And don't forget, we got uh, Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd with a scoop session coming at you in the morning.